threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. I'm just going to drink a little bit at a time. I'm going to ration this drink throughout the whole podcast. Hey, spoiler. <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Cameron, welcome to the, the studio. Yeah. You look dapper. You look spry. Mm. You look happy. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for Thank coming. Thank you very much. Uh, what are we talking about today, Cam? Um, we're going to talk about rationing. Yeah. Just get right to it. We're going to talk about rationing. It's something I've always like. I've thought about. Yeah. But I've never really broken down you know it's like never wow, done well, it. what happens if you have to ration that sucks and then it's <laughs> yeah. move on from it yeah but yeah it's like how do you do it like yeah what, what things do you consider mm-hmm. when you know it gets to that point that you're having to spare every little morsel yeah let's hope that we don't get there yeah, but so. but we have some tips in case you do get there yeah yeah but first i gotta talk about battle box battle box, battle box all right it is the monthly subscription box for men Full of solid gear for adventure seekers, survivalists, outdoor enthusiasts. Everybody. Casual preppers, too. Rationers. The rationers, all of it. (laughs) Each month, BattleBox sends you the coolest selection of hand-picked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear, all valued at far more than what you'd normally pay. You never know what's in the next box, but here's a sampling of what users received this month, or will receive, because this one just barely came out. The Eton FRX2 Emergency Weather Radio. Dude, I love getting new radios. I know. Like they're they're the best. So I'm I'm excited for this. Yeah, that'll be a good. And one. also the Survivor Filter Pro portable water filter pump. Ooh, a pump? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. one of them little pumps. The thing is cool, man. That's all nice. all this badassness starts at just 30 bucks a month. They've shipped almost 14 trillion boxes <laughs> and one best men's subscription box of 2017. 18, 19, 20, 21. <laughs> Our listeners get a free knife when you sign up at trybattlebox.com slash casual preppers. That is trybattlebox.com slash casual preppers. Get your first battle box plus a free knife. When you head to trybattlebox.com slash Casual Preppers. Listener reviews starts now. That's two items mm. of like your crucial I know. survival list right there. You Boom. Get, you're getting it for a great deal. Get it done. Get it done. You want to get this? Yeah, this is interesting. I had to do it this way because it was too long to. Uh, paste I wondered. The I was photo. like, man, this is weird. Yeah. Okay. Toby Riggle. Toby Riggle. <laughs> Riggling. Yeah. Kobe Wan Kamobi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are the Jedi Knights of all things survival. Come on, guys. Aliens. Okay, so this is this is an acronym here. Mm. Casual. Yeah. Preppers. That's right. C. Come on, guys. A. Aliens. S. Skinwalkers. U. UFOs. A. American. L. Loopy Loonies. Mm-hmm. P. PlayStation playing. <laughs> R. Right as hand hook handing. <laughs> e. Eclectic. Yeah. P. Preppers. Mm-hmm. P, provider, or providing. I'm a provider. Either way, yeah. Um, E, essential. R, resources. S, stay, survive. That was a double whammy. That is. It is. You guys have brought the perfect blend of prepped medical, or knowledge and comedy. Billy Butthole, Merry Christmas, I'm a rider. Water skills, don't get poop in your finger. Question. Oh, what's that? In your finger, I like that. (laughs) I know, in your finger. (laughs) Question. Kobe. If Cam was sucked through his PlayStation console and stuck in the world of The Last of Us, how would you get him back? Mm. And Cam, what would be your survival plan as you awaited an evac from Kobe? Mm. Stay survived. P.S. I know how much you love swallows, Kobe. So I've mailed you a crate of about 100 of those dive bombers. (laughs) They should be arriving in a couple of weeks. Oh, man, that was a good one. That was. That was. Thank you, Toby Riggle. I had to read that part. I'm like, you know how much you love swallows, Kobe. I'm like, like, where's he going? Yeah. If you guys want to be a part of this portion of the podcast, go to iTunes, go to Facebook, go to the Kindle book on Amazon, leave us a five-star review, and make it awesome. It's a mad, mad world. So there's been hurricanes. There's been everything right now. There's been West wars. Coast burning down. Yeah, yeah. East Coast is underwater. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> whole thing's flipping like that. <laughs> Pretty soon the whole thing's going to flip. <laughs> We're going to be underground. <laughs> down with the dinosaurs. It'll be nice, nice and quiet. With the dinosaurs. <laughs> I always loved how he said that in, in Jurassic Park. Dinosaur. <laughs> Remember how he said I it in that video? That. Oh, you have to go back and listen again. It was good. Sour. But so Hurricane Ida, so obviously it, it hit down there. 
you know, in Louisiana and, and all that. And it was, wasn't great, but there wasn't a lot of people who died. So that was great. Yeah, we liked that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the remnants of this storm kind of went up the East coast and it started raining and it wouldn't stop raining. So there was Still water everywhere. Raining. So the remnants of hurricane Ida dumped historic rain over the tri-state area with at least nine deaths linked to flooding in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. As basement apartments suddenly filled with water and freeways and boulevards turned to rivers, Jeez. submerging cars. This this right here just blows my mind. At least nine deaths were reported in New York City and New Jersey. A New York City police spokesman spokesperson says a total of eight people died when they became trapped in flooded basements. That's terrifying. That is the worst way to die ever. Seriously. Just trapped in your house and you're just dead. Yeah. They won't open the door to go upstairs. The people upstairs are like, screw you, your rent's low. <laughs> Buzz me out. Hey, I'm stuck. I just, it's crazy that can yeah. even happen. I d- <laughs> that was what they sound like with the water. That's insensitive. But, um, yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that's insane. Um, I hadn't heard that. So that's something you got to prep for now if you're if you're in a basement apartment. Have a way out. Yeah. <laughs> if the water starts coming in. Get some in, oxygen tanks. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like, just maybe you need a window breaker in your bedroom. Yeah. That's crazy. you're going to have to break just too much coming through the windows? It's just water. Knows, in New Jersey probably doesn't only has one door to get down yeah, there. Yeah, probably. Wow, um, that's crazy. I know. So Well... World's getting crazy. Sure so, is. Um, <laughs> so the uh, um, I thought this was interesting. Okay. Do you think shipping and costs of goods and availability of goods is bad? Well, mm-hmm. guess what? What record breaking forty four container ships are stuck off the coast of California. Mm-hmm. They may have gotten a little better since this article. Sure. This was two days ago. Okay. Three days ago. But forty four containers stuck. Outside of the California ports, because um, which will worsen shipping delays and costs. So, if you want something before Labor Day, you probably ain't gonna get it. Gosh dang it! And this tops the previous pandemic record set in February of forty ships. <laughs> we did it, guys! <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we all honk our horns at once. What happens? Um, Call all the whales in in the whole ocean. <laughs> Maybe the whales bring it in. Yeah. The, um, the ports well, why account are they for. Stuck? What, I know that's what's what I was going on because I thought that oh. too. I'm like, did everybody get high centered? <laughs> yeah, what's going on? <laughs> did you guys not realize there's a beach out there? Yeah. The ports account for about one third of U.S. imports, serving as a main source of trade with China. So sure. all the DJI drones stuck yeah. on those crates. Mm. So 44, uh, 44 freight ships are stuck awaiting entry into California's two largest ports. The highest number uh, recorded. Since well, yeah, I already did that. Yeah. Um, the labor shortage, mm. COVID nineteen related disruptions, and holiday buying surges is what caused this. So they just can't get enough people off yeah. of these ships. So, yeah, I think they have to go through the inventory. Well, then how is there people without jobs? I, there what is going be. on? People are lazy. That's the biggest it. problem. Gosh. Port of Los Angeles data indicated that the ship's average wait time had increased to seven point six days. Jeez, Imagine being on the tarmac for seven and a half days. <laughs> Someone's going to die. If you're on the yeah. water sitting there, man, I wish we could unload this and get back to work. Yeah. But yeah, huh. so um, the normal number of container ships at anchor is between zero and one. I don't know what that means. Hmm. So well, part of the problem weird. is the ships are double or triple the size of the ships we were seeing 10 to 15 years ago. Jeez. They take longer to unload. You need more trucks, more trains, more warehouses to put the cargo. Wow. So anyways, yeah. We need people to work. It's the <laughs> Everybody biggest get thing. off your butts and go work. I need to get my freaking stuff from Wish.com. I of work. We need to unload some ships. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go help them. I'm just going to go see if I can give them some help. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Is this going anywhere? Can I take this I can home? usually get my groceries in one trip <laughs> from the truck, so I'll figure I could help them out. But yeah, super weird. Mm. Just kind of weird. Yeah. You know, you think that that system... Wouldn't have as many flaws. The older you get, the more you f- you realize that people are just stupid. Yeah. No, yeah. you know what I mean. You figure out. Well, they got to have that figured out by now. No. No. Nobody's got anything figured out. There's no plan B no, for anybody just, out there. I guess the ships will have to wait. Well, this tell them to chill out there in the ocean for seven days. <laughs> I'm number five. Good thing. <laughs> yeah. Number thirty three. Get and... your ticket. I didn't know there were tickets. <laughs> sit out here for. Well, I'm gonna take this back to China. <laughs> yeah. I'm going back this to Hong Kong. <laughs> 
there's a port just like 15 feet down that way. You yeah. just load. Anyway, it's just weird. Yeah. So anyways, we're going to have more problems getting yeah. ranch uh, corn nuts. I went to get those the other day. Oh, yeah. Gone. The Skinwalker Ranch corn nuts? <laughs> yeah. Or just regular? Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, Kobe and I are going to get that. That's right. So, yeah. Anyway. Trademarked. Cam, speaking of corn nuts. Yeah. Um, Have you ever thought about getting into a situation where you might have to ration the food that you have? I've thought about it, but I haven't thought about it in detail. No, until now. So, we, yeah. We did, we did think about it in detail now, but... We, we thought it would be kind of interesting to talk about a situation where you have a limited food supply, whatever that might be, and yeah. you have to make it last for a certain amount of time, whatever that might be. And how do you do that? What is the process of going through that and, and figuring it out? And we said, well, let's just talk about it. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Right? So in, the, in these scenarios that we always talk about, mm-hmm. um, it's like, okay, well, you've got this amount of food stored for you know three mm-hmm. months or six months. Yeah. At some point, you're going to have to be like, we got to stretch this out further. Yeah. Because, you know, grocery store has been closed. We got yep. port, you got ships sitting out in the ocean mm. and we can't get it. Yeah. So anyways, uh, you, it's something you got to think about. You got to kind of plan around. And so hopefully some of these details will kind of help. But, sure. um, so here's quick facts though. Okay. Already. So, you know, this is not with, this is, but this study was done before. Uh, freaking COVID. Pre-COVID. So yeah, more than 35 million Americans live in households that struggle against hunger. This pisses me off. How is that possible? I don't even know. It's How so is crazy. it possible? One in 10, 10.5% of house, households in the U.S. experience food insecurity. I experienced that. Sometimes. Households in rural areas are experiencing considerably deeper struggles with hunger compared to those in metro areas. I mean, don't they sell hungry man in the grocery store at these I areas? I don't get it. With higher rates of food insecurity overall, 12.1% compared to 10.3%. This is in the rural Food order. insecurity. That's interesting. I've never heard that term I know. before. I'm worried this is going to run out. Yeah. One in eight households with children cannot buy enough food for their family. Well, I, I experienced that. I, my kids. That's true. They I buy something first day. It's gone. That's <laughs> true. I'm going to buy the bulk pack this time. Boom. First yeah. day. Gone. It is. It's super frustrating. Yeah, it is. Food insecurity rate for households with children, 13.6, makes sense, is mm-hmm. considerably higher than the rate for households without, 9.3. Makes sense. So anyways, um, we already, in a way, have tons of people yeah. that don't have enough food, which is blows my freaking mind. The, the amount of money our government spends on ridiculous crap, this should never be a problem. I agree. Never. I agree. <laughs> never. So, um, yeah, so already have kind of a predicament. Anyway, yeah, sure. Without a war, without a you know, and so w- what are some of the things that could cause yeah. us to have a, a massive amount of food drop off the market and available to people? So, or just some basic things. Sure. So one of the more simple things is like your loss of a loss of a job. Yeah, it happens man. all the time. A lot of people aren't prepared for it. They get laid off. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all these other expenses, and just getting food can be super difficult and a desperation, you know, if they don't have a, a community or they don't have a network with people that can help them out, mm-hmm. you could easily just be without food. And that, that's kind of a freaky deal. It is super free and it's so expensive. It is. Um, it's hard. Yeah. So you would just have to go down to the bare minimum. Right. You know, just and getting on it. like food stamps and things like that. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. And they're really critical about it sometimes in the wrong ways. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. But, um, Maybe a family emergency, mm-hmm. high medical costs, hospitalization of a loved one, that will just drain you immediately. Jeez, I, I had to go to the ER the other day for those kidney stones. Yeah. Uh, looking at these bills, I'm like, how do people do this yeah. if they ever have to go more than once a year to the freaking ER? Got your youngest ER. working now. Yeah, I know. Bills. Yeah, she's doing pretty good. <laughs> she's she's heading out to the ocean to work on one of them ships. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so, yeah, um... And this is pretty common lately, especially, you know, weather emergencies. Yeah. Loss of home and property, gardens, you know, get wiped out. Mm -hmm. Grocery stores get cleaned out in an area that's flooded, you know, fire. Yeah. Anything can just change the whole delivery system of food to these locations. Down there. And or you just burn everything up. With Ida right now, they're having issues with with all these types of things, right? So pretty quick, a lot of people can struggle without food. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, natural disasters, hurricanes. 
uh, tornadoes, tornado canes, mm. her, uh, earthquake canes, earthquake canes yeah. you know, all that stuff interrupts the food supply. Look, I mean, Flooding. COVID was one of the weirdest things too, because of like, do you remember restaurants closed and mm. all those farmers just started like, well, we'll just burn all this food, yeah. bury it, bury it. And there's still 33,000 that are food insecure. Like, it's just so weird. Buried all them taters, remember? They did, yeah. <laughs> grow them all just back. grow them all back next year, <laughs> twice as many. <laughs> I bet they're hitting. I bet they're rocking it now. Yeah, man. But yeah, so like we mentioned, the global pandemic was. Um, Gosh, yeah. It, it it's still rippling through and just screwing everything up. Yeah, you remember how hard it was to find like even like frozen chicken and, and things like that right yeah, after yeast was like cleaned yeah, out too for sure. It was so hard to yeast find infections some of that stuff. were on the rise. They were on the yeast. rise. Yeah, <laughs> yeast itself was tough to it come was, by. It's gone. Yeah, but yeah, uh, and then. Uh, back to like the port issue, you know, you got production issues because there's unemployment and people are getting paid by the government and then they just don't work. Yeah. And then that just interrupts the whole system. You don't have truck drivers. You don't have um, people processing foods and things like that. Pretty quick. It can just go haywire. Um, local food shortage. Uh, delivery, you know, we live two, two and a half hours from any major city. And so, and we don't have a railway. No, it's all trucking. So if you have anything there, even like in World War, uh, World War II, there was like a shortage of rubber. So it's like tires that there's issues that can't travel very far. Like that would immediately affect us if something like that happened again. Yeah. I can't imagine what would happen to us if, if one of our major roadways, because there's, there's like two basically that are major. If one of those went out for some reason, boy, we would be in dire straits out here. We just eat each other. Yeah, yeah. We, first week. Cannibalism first week. <laughs> first week. Yeah. Um, They're beside we got by a lot side of hunters. gangs. We've got a, hot, a lot of hunters, though. So We do have a lot of hunters. Apparently, that'll feed all of us. None of them are getting elk this year, though, it no. seems. I know. It's been... It's been a rough year. So, um, but yeah, these long-term SHTF scenarios mm-hmm. would easily lead to uh, having to ration and really stretch out what food you've already hopefully have stored yeah. because you're not going to be able to replenish it very easily. Mm-hmm. So um, just a quick thing on, like, this was World War II and World War One. I, I thought was kind of interesting historically of what the nation did. So World War One, following nearly three years of intense combats, combat <laughs> since the onset of World War One, the American allies in Europe um, faced uh, massive problems with starvation farms have been transformed into battlefields um agricultural workers you know were missing killed uh and then they were forced into the war and all that stuff disruption in transportation made for the distribution of imported foods extremely challenging so what the united states did was the administration established to manage uh uh the u.s food administration was established to manage the wartime supply conservation, um, distribution and transportation of food appointed head administration was president Woodrow Wilson. And so what they did is they, uh, with this, they've started putting up posters and probably like all kinds of things to like tell the people in the U S to reduce their personal consumption of meat, wheat, fats, and sugars, mm. which were plastered throughout communities. So, and this is when like the victory garden thing started too. Yeah. Right? Yep. And slogans such as food will win the war compelled people to avoid wasting precious groceries and encouraged them to eat a multitude of fresh fruits and vegetables, which were too difficult to transport uh, overseas. Mm. Meatless Tuesdays, wheatless Wednesdays, you know, they had this whole thing in plan, this whole plan to kind of reduce the consumption so that they could send more food over to allies and people in the war. Could you imagine them doing that today? Oh my gosh. There's no way. There's no way anybody would sacrifice anything for that, you know. No. I mean, it's just, it was a different time and people, I don't know. I just don't see it working that well. No, there's no way. It so would. the starvation just in our own country to be able to distribute to other people probably wouldn't happen. No. World War II, soon after Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, the Americans' subsequent entrance into World War II, it became apparent that voluntary conservation on the home front was not going to suffice this time around. Restrictions on imported food, limitations on transportation of goods due to shortage of rubber tires. That was World War II. Did I say that? I thought mm-hmm. I said World War One. No, it doesn't matter. Um, a, di- a diversion of agricultural harvest to soldiers overseas all contributed to the U.S. government's decision to ration certain essential items. And so they started putting out vouchers for coffee, um, meats, cheese, fats, canned fish, and things like that. Um, 
1943, every American was entitled to a series of war ration books filled with stamps that could be used to buy restricted items along with uh, payment. And with, with, within weeks of the first issuance, more than 91% of the U.S. population had registered to receive them. Holy cow. So man. obviously, um, just, uh, just looking at this, World War II and the population then versus now. Yeah. Like... Could you imagine trying to ration as a nation? To Let's help just pray that we don't get war? into a war of that scale. Yeah, because boy, I don't think it would go well for us no. on on this side. Is what I'm saying. No, like, it would. The people trying to comply with all the different things we have to do to win Can't a war feed like the that. Soldiers, yeah, and then not wanting to sacrifice here to yeah. give up goods, and then we already have you know 10 percent of the nation struggling for food anyway, mm-hmm. like. A yeah. war would be one that would really drive us into the ground. Oh, yeah. You'd think it would fuel economy and, like, yeah. you know, build a war machine, but we... we, we Imagine if that war happened to be with China as well, and like, yeah. what that would do to all the supply chains. And think of China, like, pulling in all the resources we yeah. require. Exactly. Or that we, you know, use. Yeah. Like, so, you cut China off because we're in Boy. war with them. <laughs> that would be a bad situation. It would kill both Ooh. sides, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so... um so I guess all the we, other nations are eating popcorn. Like <laughs> I know, watching this about time these idiots. two big ones go down. So where do you start when you when you get into a situation like this and you have to ration? How do you start? And I think the first place you have to to start is what do I have? Yeah. What is it that I'm working with? And hopefully you have already done this, and that's why we've talked about this several times. Like getting an inventory now of what food you have, at least with your long term stuff, right? Yeah. What do you have? Because that's something you're going to have to know before you you've even figure out what your strategy is going to be, right? You have to figure out how much you've got. And that's going to vary because you have just like your regular pantry and fridge stuff too that you kind of have to add to that because nobody's inventorying all that. If you are, holy crap. Yeah, good for Just you. like inventorying all the food that comes into your house would be impossible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how anybody would do that, but you would you have to have some sort of an inventory. I just count wrappers out on my lawn. <laughs> I know. Man, I ate some of this. Yeah. Kids been eating that. And DMX, Master P, <laughs> right? Um, so the first thing you have to do is get an <laughs> inventory of all the food you have. And when you're starting this rationing, that's the first thing you have to do. And whether that is, you know, on some sort of a spreadsheet or just writing it down the old fashioned way with paper and pencil, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and again, like I said, if you've already done this with your long term food storage, it's going to be much easier. And then you have to look at your food and you have to break it down into different categories uh, because y- you're going to want to eat that stuff that's going to go bad first, right? Like you don't want to go. Well, I got this long-term food storage. Let's just get into it. No, no, no. That's not a great idea. You want to put that at the back of the line, right? Um, The longest-term stuff should go at the end of the list. The food that's going to go bad needs to get eaten first. So you really have to look at it, and you really have to think as you're rationing. You have to have a good plan. Otherwise, it's going to be a mess. Wasting. Yeah, Yeah, you're going to be wasting stuff that you shouldn't be. Um, so you, the ways you, there's different ways you can do this. Some people, like a couple of websites said the best ways to weigh all the food. And I'm like, I'm not weighing mm, all my food. Really? That's, yeah. Weigh? Yeah. Wow. But I feel like that is kind of inefficient. I don't think no. that's the best way to do it. Um, is this the Oregon trail. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I think if you go I got through 16,000 pounds of food. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You get one okay, pound well, what a day. is that food? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the best way is to go with calories, kind of break it down into calories. Everybody gets so many calories a day. Um, you can also go with servings, but servings vary widely with all types of food that I, I don't think is the best way to, to go yeah, about it. I don't think so either. But there's different ways you can do it. Do it wh- whichever way you feel is the best. Um, um, and then if for some reason you have new food coming in, you've got to continue to update this list all the time. There's no other way to do it. You have to keep a really good list. If you are rationing and it is like life and death, yeah. it has to be really well managed. So um, probably need to say, okay, you're in charge of this, and then have somebody that's sort of watching over that person yeah. too because, um, boy. No, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. You can't trust one single person with no, a life sustaining. You can't. Like, you have to have a couple of people looking. I mean, give somebody you know that um, that they're the ones that's going to do it, and then somebody else is going to kind of back them up, right? Yeah. And then at the end of that, with the food, 
some people may not want to think about this, but what pets do you have? What livestock do you have? Because that's going to have to... It does. It, unfortunately, you're going to have to say, well, where do they land in this, uh, you know, uh, life and death rationing scenario? Yeah. So just determine that. You may think you could be heartless, hmm? but you might you not be able kids, to. You yeah. kids, no chance. No, I, there's no way I'm going to eat my cats. Yeah. Okay. It's just not going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but understand if you could like maybe you have chickens you know what yeah. i mean or maybe you have goats or whatever that might be where do they land on this rationing list yeah um, i think i think i mean the inventory thing makes sense like how many times have you guys you know i know plenty of times we've bought like a big grocery list mm-hmm. and then like the end of the week we're like Let's make hamburgers and the buns are all moldy already yeah. you're like are you kidding me so if I, you don't like plan it out and yeah. know when stuff's gonna expire, or if you just go to the store all the time and just buy food and then you come home, he's like, oh, we don't really have anything to make yeah. for dinner. So, yeah. like, that's why, like, we always have to have, like, a meal list. Like, yeah. we're having this and this It and does this. work so much smoother yeah. if you have a meal plan because then you utilize, like, exactly. all your food yeah. so much better. You're not just buying a whole bunch of crap and hoping that it ends up in a yeah. meal, you know? Because, yeah. It's hard to Nothing do Nothing worse when you're standing there, like, what do we cook tonight? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, here's probably, for me, the hardest part of this rationing scenario. How long does it need to last? Yeah. Because most of the time... You're probably not going to know. You, you know what I mean? You There's going to be very few scenarios where you say, I have to do this for three weeks. And I know at the end of that three weeks. So maybe you know that Red Cross is coming in at some point and they're going to bring rations or the government. You know, I mean, I don't rely on that. But maybe you know that that's coming. So, okay, so we have this, this amount of food. We've got to make this last for three weeks. Let's make this plan for this three weeks, right? Yeah. Um, you know, ask Katrina survivors how exactly. Well that works yeah, out. it doesn't work great, right? We know we're gonna stop wearing masks in May, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we know how well that worked, yeah. you know, or maybe the asteroid's gonna hit us on this date. We just gotta make it to then. We're all gonna <laughs> die anyways, yeah. right? So feast, yeah. cook all sixteen thousand pounds exactly in one pound. <laughs> But so you're basically going to have to make a best guess on how long you're going to need to ration. But maybe, honestly, it's one of those things that you're just going to have to look at it and you're going to say, we have to make it last as long as possible. Yeah. Like, we're going to have to go to bare bones to just to get through and to live. So here we go. You know what I mean? So that's going to be a really tough part of this is figuring out how long you got to make it last. Um, another thing to consider is your water supply. I mean, obviously, you're thinking about that because you need food, you need water, but your water is probably more important than your food and depending on your situation you may have to ration the water so boy that's going to be a really tough one to figure (laughs) out um you need to stay hydrated you need to stay clean or you're going to die anyways right um and it's just going to be really tough um but you know if you don't have a water resupply plan like you know a body of water nearby that you can get um you're going to have to have water as part of your rationing plan as well plus you you need it to cook most of the food so um just consider that as part of it don't just look at your food you're also going to need to look at your water hopefully you just have running water everything's going to be fine but you just don't know right so the next thing you need to do how many people do you have and what are they going to need right um if it's just you this becomes really easy you just ration for you but if you have family um and we're going to talk about there's so many different factors that goes into determining who needs what and who gets what? Yeah, Cam has a bunch of that coming up, but it's gonna be really. It's this is gonna be a very difficult part of this. Um, you're gonna have to determine. <laughs> it's gonna be really good information. You're gonna like really like. I was like, man, don't talk it up. Great information. Not much in there. You need to determine who you're rationing for and what their daily calorie needs are gonna be. Right now, the U.S. diet diet averages 2,500 calories a day for an adult male. Easy. That is a lot of calories. 2,500. If you think about that. Um, boy, that's a lot. 25 calories. Yeah. I'm only 20 calories so far today, so I'm doing pretty good. But 2,500, that's a lot. That's It's excessive. You don't yeah. need to consume. I don't care how big you are. Unless you were like extreme work, working yeah. out, but nobody's that way. That's, we're going to talk about that too, but, um, yeah, 2,500 is a lot. Um, even if you're bugging out and you're doing labor, you can be well under this and be okay. I've done it, right? I mean, obviously I'm small and I'm skinny, but I've done... 1700 calories a day for several months and i was fine i didn't die i did get a i did get skinny but um you know what i mean you can make it so here are some like basic calories per day for different types of people 
like the bottom line that most people say you need to have if you're doing any sort of work. And so that's adult male is 1700 calories, adult females, 1328. They're getting very specific here. Elderly male, 1,475. Elderly female, 1,100. So these are the basic for yeah, minimums? These, these are kind of your bare minimums okay. where you can go to. Teenage male, 1,655. Teenage female, 1,486. A youth male, 1,230. Youth female, 1,165. Then you go to the babies and the toddlers. They're going to need anywhere between 500 to 1,000 calories a day. So if you have a... a Teenage male, 1,655. Yeah. They're gonna have a hard time. Like I know, I it's gonna be tough. All kinds of crap, oh, dude. I eat so much, but they can get by with sixteen hundred fifty-five, right. right? If they have to. Um, so those are kind of your your guidelines. And if you think about that, if you have a family of five, probably has a bunch of different of these mixed in. You're think about so how almost many calories. all of them are between two and mm-hmm. one. Like yes, yeah. You don't need to go over two thousand for anybody. So if you're, Close to 15, that's about the same. That's about good for everybody, huh? Yep, around Except 15. For the little... Yeah. Bubbies. Yeah, so yeah, so you could say you're going to need an average of 15. If you don't calories. remember all these numbers, yeah. Exactly. 1,500 will probably put you about right for most. Yep, yep. So if you have Except a family, for that elderly female. Yeah. Cut that down. <laughs> you have a family of four, you know, you're going to need 6,000 calories a day to get through, right? Yeah. So if you think about that... Your, your food doesn't go as long as you think it might. No. Um, and then you also have to remember, in these situations, you're going to be tired. You're going to be stressed. You're going to have anxiety. Most of these things make you want more food. Yeah. And so you're going to have to be very careful and aware of the in these situations. Um, and another thing to think about, some people might not like to think about this, but if you're fat already, you've got some food stored up for a while. <laughs> so, um, if I had this huge fat person in my group, I'd be like, dude, you're going we're down cutting to, you back. we're cutting you way back because you're going to live for two right. weeks off of your gut alone. Yeah. So, uh, it's tough cause they've got like this like big belly Yep. Like our big stomach that's stretched. Yeah. Not all that are overweight or yep. bad eaters, but a lot are. Yeah, but if you can keep them hydrated, they're going to be okay for yeah. a while. They really are. They'll live off of that. So, but if you're skin and bones and you got you yeah. don't have any stores, you're going to need some food just to keep going. Also, one other thing to remember is that temperature will play a role in the amount of calories you need a day. Um, when it gets cold, you're going to have to adjust your calories up because your body's working harder just to stay warm. It's just, <laughs> just shaking all the damn time, burning through everything. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to have to just take that into consideration when you're doing this rationing plan. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's some work. It is. That's some work. For sure. You know, COVID-19 destroyed everybody on earth. Yeah. Their nobody, lives and everything. Everybody's dead, basically. But don't let it and you being forced online to do everything destroy mm. your online life. Yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. Second life. Yeah. Wasn't that the, the, the game <laughs> yeah. where you had like the second, the online uh-huh. thing? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's forced us to do a lot online. Yeah. A lot of shopping, a lot of school. Um, you need to protect yourself. You need to think about it more now than ever. For sure. Lots of cyber attacks going on. Mm. So Surfshark is a VPN that can protect you and all of your devices from online threats. Wait till Skynet comes online too. <laughs> yeah. You can protect yourself from that. Yeah. Go Gray Man Online. Shield all of your information from websites and other online services. No longer worry about malware, phishing, obnoxious, and unsafe ads or emails. Mm. And the nice thing is it can notify you if your email and password are compromised. I think that's cool. I do too. Also, not only does Surfshark protect you, it enables you to kind of stream content in a different country. Yeah. Maybe you want to look at Russia's Netflix library. Library. It's all just Putin shows. Yeah. Putin yeah. rides But a maybe bear. you love that stuff. Yeah. You can put yourself as if you were in the country and access that library. So it's just a plus. Mm. You're protected and you can get better entertainment. If you go and enter Casual Preppers... Mm-hmm. On their website, which is surfshark.deals. I think there's a little place she's typing casual preppers. Mm-hmm. You can get 27 months for less than 60 bucks, like fifty nine seventy six. That's insane. Yeah. It's like $2.21 a month for full protection online. Mm-hmm. You know? That's crazy. It You're is. You're dumb to not go do this. And if you don't even know what it is, you can get fully refunded in 30 days if you don't use it or don't know um, that it works for you. Yeah. And like I said, too, like, Probably the best thing is that it protects all of your devices. Yeah. A lot of them have a limit. You get like five devices or four. Nope. You can just use this on all of them. It's great. I, I run it at work and I'm going to install it on my router at some point when I, you know, get yeah. around to it. But it's just, yeah, it's a no brainer. Go get it. Awesome. 
Surf I shark. love it. Surf shark. So, um, like Kobe was saying, when you're making this inventory and you're deciding on rationing, you've got to like prioritize your distribution of the food to different people based yeah. on, you know, not only their weight and their size, but their, their purpose and the things that they're doing. So, um, who gets what portion? You calculate the needs above from, you know, size, energy, and everything like that. But there's some key items here. Um, you have kids and yeah. you're trying to customize and you want them to be comfortable and you just figure, well, I'll just sacrifice my meals mm-hmm. to feed my kids. You're the person protecting your kids. Yeah. You're the person instructing and showing them. If you starve yourself, you're going to kill them too. Yeah, it's... It, it, it's it'd be so hard to like not give them a meal or it so, is. like you get one meal today. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, but if, we've gone places when we we've eaten and uh, like they're either still hungry or something. And you just give them your food. Yeah, exactly. But we can do it. Yeah, but it's scary to think like watching them kind of starve and mm-hmm. be uncomfortable. Yeah, it's still it's you're gonna just speed up both all of you dying if you're like yeah. not feeding yourself. If you can't. Um, protect them if you can't go out and try and find more food if you can't right. keep the house warm or cold cool or whatever it is they're dead anyway can't vacuum can't vacuum can't reach stuff on the top shelf exactly candy. yeah but yeah no you've got to you've got to balance it out so everybody is getting you know what they need um but also there's there's some specific needs that are greater for certain people mm-hmm. um say there's you know somebody that's pregnant or nursing they obviously won't be able to stick to their, you know, young female yeah. category of, of calorie intake because they're feeding another child. And we've talked about those scenarios where, you know, maybe the mother dies and somebody else has to, you know, breastfeed, yeah. which can be done. Um, that person needs more intake. Um, someone that's sick, too, Ugh. usually is going to need more nutrition to recover faster. So you're going to have to alter and change that, uh, that whole distribution and rationing Mm -hmm. for that person. Um, someone in the group that's doing the gathering, the defending, the, you know, the scavenging or out hunting, Yeah, obviously way more, uh, caloric needs for energy and safety. You know, you don't want to send the scrawny, you know, unhealthy. (laughs) Are you looking at me? (laughs) No, the the person that's like probably weak and, that's not eating properly. It's getting a smaller ration yeah. in out to go do these things. They're not going to be able to, you know, defend themselves for one most of the time if right. they're already malnutrition. Um, so obviously it's not like you're going to always be feeding that one person that's going to be doing all that stuff, but yeah. the person that's going to be doing these demanding things needs to have a higher amount of the ration. Um, and that may be one designated person all the time, but think for like hunting, you're going to want to be stealthy and quiet. You may have to go, you know, 30 miles up in there. Tummy grumbling real loud. <laughs> right. Scares away to elk. Right. <laughs> right. But most of the time you're going to be doing it all by hand. You're yeah. dragging the animal off. For you're sure, You're going to be yeah. bringing it home as quietly as possible. And you're probably going to have to be going further and deeper into the, the areas to freaking. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know why it's fine. I'm sorry. Further and deeper. <laughs> To find animals because yeah. everybody else is going to be hunting locally, you know. All yeah. the cats and dogs are going to be killed. So you got to go First week. F- further into the forest for better animals. Yeah. So just a lot more demand there. Um, highly skilled member that needs to be thinking clearly. Like, there's going to be a group leader, and that's going to be me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, like in your situation, like you need somebody that can do the medical crap. Right. And, and you're right. not going to be great at that if you can't think straight. Yeah. It's like, oh, I think we're just going to have to cut off that. I don't know, maybe. And, you, you know, you're just not thinking straight. you yeah. got to be able to have be clear-headed, right. remembering stuff. It's just going to be, like, super tough because, yeah. like, as a group, you're going to have weaklings and yeah. weak links. Mm. Are you going to be wanting to feed them the most food no. and, and starve the ones that are actually more, like, yeah. useful, like, I, I, I thought about this when I was doing it. I'm like, man, it would be tough because, you know, maybe you have grandma from the care center yeah. and you're like, okay, we don't have a lot of food. Yeah. She's probably most likely going to be the one I'm going to cut back. Which would be hard. So that you can feed the yeah. ones that are going to do more for the group and mm-hmm. save more. Like, that that's going to be a horrible. Well, it's not going to be fun. That'd be freaking terrible. Yeah. I mean, none of this is going to be fun. No. By the no. way, this but is going to be do, horrible. You do have to like prioritize yeah. the rationing 
for those that are using more energy mm-hmm. and are and contributing you know, more and contributing more exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and Kobe mentioned this too about someone in charge of the rationing and the the pantry or you know where you have all of your food. Mm-hmm. Th- this was one thing like. The Walking Dead had a, the Walking Dead had a lot of stupid crap, you know, <laughs> mm. to make it all dramatic and dumb. But I did like when they were in Alexandria. I just remember like they had the one chick that was in charge of yeah. like the the all the food and everything, and she mm-hmm. would, you know, check things out and she would write down the inventory. And there was usually two of them. You'd have so, to do it that way. Yeah, you can't have one person because you know they have somebody that they're yeah. closer to that needs something. But you also just can't let everybody come in and get what they need. No. Like, there's no way to do that because you know if you, like, leave your kids and say, okay, go get dinner. Yeah. They're they're not just going to get their, you know, ration that you need them to have. They're (laughs) just going to go get whatever they want, right? Yeah. So So. you do. You have to have an organized system, somebody that's reliable, Mm. and then you have to have somebody watching that person. Even though they may be the most honest, reliable person in the world, there has to be somebody watching them, Exactly. And then... You also have to consider like dietary restrictions. So maybe you, you know, you want to feed everybody kind of the same meals, but there's some with allergies. Mm -hmm. So you've got to customize plans for that because the last thing you want to do is give somebody IBS when you're trying to like guard every calorie in in everybody, you know? So you've got to customize if there's pickiness, you don't want any food waste. So yeah, you, you think you'd force your kids into eating this or that, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, you, so you want do got to go calories. for the things that, that taste good that they're going to get the calories yeah. from. That's yeah. where you could probably sacrifice on your end. It's yeah. like, I really don't want to eat broccoli, but I know my kids aren't going to eat it. <laughs> right. So I guess that's what I'm eating, and they're going to eat the biscuits and gravy. Right. Do you know what I mean? So you kind of change up. Yeah, not everybody's going to get the same meal plan the same exactly. day. Exactly, yeah. Um, And then elderly, I mean, they're about to die anyway. Yeah. So why are you even feeding them? I don't know. They can't even <laughs> feed themselves. Yeah. So anyways, but you do, you have to customize these plans for mm-hmm. different group members, different skill sets, the, the ones that contribute more. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be like a real moral struggle there to yeah. like decide who's worthless. Boy. Yeah. It's not going to be very fun. <laughs> you know, but it may be a motivator too. It's like, Hey, yeah. you want to go out and help? Like you're going to get a bigger, yep. uh, you're going to, you're going to get a bigger portion. So. And also going to be a motivator to get people say, okay, we've got to go out and get more because I'm right. only getting this much and this isn't going to do it. So we got to go figure out yeah. something, yeah. right? So y- there's some tips that you can do to at least help in this process as you're you're eating and uh, to make things feel like they're lasting longer or maybe make it more tolerable in this situation. The number one thing you can try and do, which is so going to be so hard in this situation, is lower your salt intake yeah. because – the more salt you eat, the more water you need, and it, that becomes an issue. Unless you have just unlimited water, then that's fantastic. True. Drink as much water as you can because that's going to help you feel more full, and you're going to stay hydrated and all this stuff. But all those long-term shelf foods are super high in sodium, so it's going to be difficult, right? Yeah. But do your best to limit salt. As it's and just even when make you cook you... them, you're like, I need more salt. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't taste very <laughs> yeah. good. It's just Pour pure the salt. salt. There. Yeah. Um, something you can think about if you're eating these really small rations to make it better for you is to take very small bites. Smaller bites means that you basically, you're maximizing the nutrient absorption because your digestive tract can work more efficiently. You know, when you're just like taking... Like we normally do. Yeah, like gigantic bites. It's just like... Didn't we talk about it once? Do you know how many bites you're supposed to take before uh, you swallow? uh -uh. It's like 32 before you swallow? Before you swallow food, you're supposed to chew it like 30, oh, 32 30 times. times or so. Yeah. Yeah, because it's. And I'm like, four, one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> swallow. Yeah. Because. Gum, one, two, swallow. The more you break it down here, the less it has to break down in your gut. Yeah. Right? And that just takes more calories to break down the food. So smaller bites. Um, and this is hard for some people, especially if you're on a limited calorie diet, you just want to scarf you're it down. You're super hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's not as hard because I'm, I'm kind of this way anyways. I like to savor my food, but, um, you're just going to be tempted to, but take small bites because you're going to get the most out of those nutrients, um, through your digestive tract. Also chew slowly and savor the ration. This is, this kind of goes to the same thing as small bites, but it's going to help you feel more satiated. You're going to feel fuller if you're chewing on one bite for like ever. 
I'm this way sometimes when I know I don't have like I'll chew on a oh when bite I get of like a really good steak oh yeah I just I want just to chew, chew slowly, forever yeah, just take it but you're gonna have to do that because uh you you're gonna want to feel more full you're gonna feel like you've eaten more yeah if you're chewing on something for 20 minutes you know what I mean right like really um and it, again it helps you digest better. The yeah, more, your your salivary production and yes. everything it just buffers. It's it's better for you overall anyway. For sure, yeah. So eat small bites, chew it for as long as you possibly can. Um, make the process last as long as possible. Yeah. It's just gonna be better for you, right? Um, and then on the other side of that is reducing your activity because the more activity you have, the more calories you expend, the more calories you have to take in. Right. So, um, especially for those people that, um, are on the lower end where you're trying to give them less rations, they probably just need to be hanging out. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? Not doing much. It's okay. You're not contributing. We're feeding you that way. Exactly. So So stay put. Hang out on the couch, read a book. Yeah. Make sure the kids aren't killing each other. Go bang sticks and call Bigfoot in. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, um, just limit your physical activity. Um, do the best you can to, to limit that calorie burn. Yeah. You know? But that, I mean, that, so much planning has to go into like, yeah. if you're going to go scavenge, how far are you going to go? Like, yeah. you can't just go out there and I'm going to hit everything. Like, that doesn't work. The food is, is so valuable that you're just like, yeah. you got to like use as little energy as possible. Everything has to be like really planned out. Like yeah. everything when yeah. you're rationing food. So learn how to plan. Yeah, for sure. So um, this is hard, and and like, how long will your ra- how long will you need to ration, and what do you do when it starts to run out? Like, how do you keep restocking, or how do you keep up on the food supply if you can? Yes. So this this gets kind of tricky too. Um, if you planned ahead and have a solid food supply, you know, great. Yeah. Um, but even doing this, like. At the beginning of the pandemic, pandemic, I found, you know, I was low on things that I didn't think I would be, like mm-hmm. oils and fat and butter. Yeah. And th- it's like stuff to cook with. and like Butter. That was one I remember going, butter oh, was tough. crap, I couldn't get butter. Yeah. I don't want to have a cow out back. And so then I, I started freezing butter yeah. when I could. I know they make like butter in a can and they make like powdered butter. Yeah, they do. I need to get some I wanted to get stuff. some powdered flakes, some yeah. butter, whatever. Mm. Butter flakes. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Kill all butterflies. <laughs> little sugar on top. It probably would sell. Little milk. Probably little powdered sell. milk. Powdered butterflakes. Powdered sugar. Mix it around. You got your butter. <laughs> yeah, great. Mm. Butter. Butter. Um, but yeah, so uh, these things don't last forever too, and they expire mm. really quick, the oils and things like that. So um, we've talked about gardening. Yeah. You know, if you can have a garden, if you have the land to do it, then obviously you can restock and add in a lot of nutritional goods to your food supply. That the hard part with that is is if you have if you don't have a garden going now, yeah. You're you have a delayed right. um thing, right? But at least if you have seeds, you could say, "Okay, I can plant these now and yeah. in 6 weeks or whatever. I don't know how long. How yeah. long does it take to co- to grow something? <laughs> I don't know. 6 years, a month. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Trees to years. <laughs> yes, but anyways, at least you know, okay, I that could be part of your plan. I've got 6 weeks yeah. and then this I'm going to have this influx of tomatoes, you know? Right. Or zucchinis. Yeah. All those things. And you so. have your heirloom seeds that you've yes. got to like keep into, you know, mm-hmm. you got to keep. Don't eat all dry. your seeds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when you spit them out, spit them in a can yep. so you can reuse them. That's right. But the uh, the other thing, like we talked about in the gardening episode, it's like doing it now where you live, you learn what ones, like mm-hmm. I could put one zucchini and probably fill, fill it, like feed the whole entire community. Yep. Like zucchini's just like, boom. They grow it goes, like crazy. goes crazy. But yeah, um, learning to do those things to continually replenish your food supply is super important. The other, the, the the downside though is you've got this vulnerable garden that's you know out in the open and other people know about. Like mm-hmm. you got to fend off all kinds of stuff, animals, people. It's just tough. It's just tough. For sure, yeah. Um, don't forget those things to use for like barter and trade. Mm-hmm. So when you're stocking up on some of these supplies, um, tobacco, coffee, you know those different. Um, vices for people you can use those you can get a lot of other good food supplies there's always you know somebody's always going to have more of one thing that you don't have yeah and so if you have other trade items or you know maybe maybe you're really good at rolling oats and you can sell those rolling coal (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) a lot Um, of good guys about doing that around here (laughs) have a plan when you go scavenge you got to understand like you know what locations 
the grocery store isn't always the number one spot. No. But um, getting the supplies that you need that are more important that are going to stretch further so you don't have to scavenge again so soon. It's just like going to the grocery store on a normal basis. For sure. Um, food storage, na- like the food storage that you have now, you got to go after the things that are going to last. You yeah. Know, the stuff is, you know, like Kobe said, don't go after your 25-year shelf life stuff right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to have that. Yeah. You need to have that because that, I mean, it just makes, because there's the stuff you have in your fridge, it only lasts so long. The stuff you have in your freezer only lasts so long. Yeah. Stuff in your pantry only lasts so long. So those are, you know, this like three month or, you know, six month, maybe up to a year in your pantry, depending on what it is and in your freezer. But uh, that 25 year shelf life, that just saves your butt. Yeah. It really does. It's nice comfort to know, like, I've got this stuff that I don't have to touch that could still last a long time. Yep. And then you can just organize based on your your you know short. But it's the hardest because it just sits there. Yeah, like it, it's it's not cheap and it just sits there. It does. And who knows if it you'll does, ever eat that it? That is the sucky thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, when you're when you're creating your storage plan, you've got to have in play like okay, we're going after the freezer, then we're going to go to this, then we're going to go to the breads that we have and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Um, when you're when you're developing your food storage plan, uh, and I think you'll go into more detail of this, but you know, look at those long shelf lives, easy to store, easy to prepare, nutritional, uh, calorie dense foods. And, yeah, and, calorie and, dense. And make sure the stuff that your family will eat, like try to gear it towards the stuff you know your kids aren't going to waste. Exactly. Because they're little buttholes. Even if they're starving, I guarantee you they're going to be. Like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. We ate spaghetti yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and then a variety. You don't want to be eating the same thing day yeah, after day. You don't want. If you to. have to, you have to, but you can prevent that. Mm-hmm. Only you can prevent unvariety. Boring food. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then keep your food fresh as long as you possibly can. So, um, yeah. enemies to food storage: heat, light, moisture, pests, oxygen, children. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, stored in a proper location. Yeah. If you can find it in your home, that's cool, dry, um, an area that just doesn't have a lot of exposure to environmental yeah. changes, heat and all that stuff. And then rotate. That's the biggest thing, like the inventory. So we didn't even mention, um, welcome to national preparedness month. That's right. It this is, is the time to go month. after this stuff, but it's hard to go back in inventory. It's super freaking hard. Yeah. So it's you're going to be re- like, even if you just like screw that stuff, I'm just going to start over. Mm-hmm. Like it's better than better than not having anything. Right. So ro- Inventory helps you to rotate the food, eat what's going to expire the soonest, Mm -hmm. and um, it's just the best thing to do is to make a good plan now because going back and making that inventory is painful. It's it's, It's so impossible. It it just feels too daunting. I get like halfway through and then I find two cans have been open for a new meal and I'm like, I am freaking okay, forget it. Yeah, it's it's so hard. But yeah, you need to have a good plan. You need to store it well and make it all stretch for me. Yeah, and so I'm going to go directly to that, like Cam was talking about, some of the best foods to to consider besides those long-term dehydrated or freeze-dried foods, which you just have to have that as part of your plan. It's it's too hard not to have that. Yeah. But the things, obviously, that are high in calories, that are somewhat high in nutrients, that have a longer shelf life, you know, things like rice and dried beans, lentils, peas. And then you can also, like, things like protein bars, granola bars, fruit bars, those have a pretty long shelf life. Um, and those are things that your kids are just going to be begging for in, you know, if you have like a, they're good for like a year at least, right. if not more, right? Um, canned soups, fruits and vegetables, peanut butter and jelly, that stuff's going to be gold. And then like really we is. talked about coffee, tea and chocolate and then powdered drink mixes. Those are sometimes will last indef- indefinitely, but um, even if you don't have food, if you could have some fruit punch for the kids, they're they're going to be pretty happy for yeah. at least a half hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? The hard mm-hmm. thing is, like, make sure they do drink. I know. Like, my kids, I'm like, if have they don't have a anything? water bottle in their hand, yeah. like, a, a, like they won't drink. No. Yeah. It's like, they, it's how weird, hard does huh? it fill a cup? <laughs> and there are 9,000 cups around the house, <laughs> so I know they have cups. <laughs> oh, man. It's like yeah. a sign situation. I complain situation. about that on a daily basis. Oh, my gosh. Dude. I open up the cupboard to get a cup. I'm like, where are half a cup? <laughs> I know. They're dude. outside, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a spoon with dirt in it. There yeah. must be some alien invasion coming because uh, they are sitting everywhere. Yeah, it's definitely full. a sign situation. Nuts and dried fruits are great. Beef jerky, that's oh, so good, but... You have to sell, you have to get a second mortgage to buy beef jerky, (laughs) unfortunately. Yeah. Pasta 
is lasts for a really long time and and it's high in calories. It's not good for you. Yeah, but it's really high in calories. But you, you gotta know, have that in there. You gotta yeah. have that. You know, and oats like pancake mix is great, but again, it has a, a shorter shelf life unless you can get it in a sealed, um, long term thing. Cereal. It's can't. funny because if you're like trying to eat super healthy. You're 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 eliminating those like high calorie things that, that could save your life. That's too. the problem. So like, that's the problem is the things that really are healthy have a very short shelf life. They do, and they're expensive. So that's why I gave up on them. Uh, me too. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> I, I exclusively rock stars and beef jerky. That is pop it. rock, pop rock, rock stars, rock stars. <laughs> yeah, rock salt and slim jim, rock cocaine, Watch crack cocaine. Away. Um, yeah, um, canned meats like tuna, sardines, all those things. Sardines, Spam, sardines. Tashanka. Yep, all the like. I don't they, even know if those are meats. They might, but be, they are good. But they're good in they have high in calories and salt they, they protein for you. Yeah. So just think about those things, right? Another thing to think about if you want to prepare for rationing is FEMA says that healthy people, and this is the key, healthy people can survive on half of their normal daily calorie intake. Yeah. But you have to be healthy. That's what you would think a really fat person mm-hmm. has like all this stored yeah. fat. Yep. But but in reality, they're, they're unhealthy and they're not like yeah. their bodies don't function. Their bodies well. won't function great. They'll probably live, but functioning is going to yeah. be another thing. So if you are healthy right now, this rationing process is going to go much better for you. So just think about that, right? Start out with a healthy body, healthy mind, because this isn't just about the physical. This is also a mental yeah. thing because you mentally just have to make yourself stop worrying about the grumble in your tummy and go do what you have to do. Yeah. Like, seriously, no, it's very people, hard. Yeah. Imagine all the hangry people around. Yeah. Oh, that be It's fun. a bad deal, right? So um, why not try some fasting? now yeah. just to see what it's like um there's so many studies that are saying intermittent fasting is actually good for you anyways. fasting is good for you yeah so it's why not painful and it sucks yeah once a month try it or you know what i mean just just go through that process so when when, when it comes down to it you're ready for it you know what it's like yeah you've been there you say okay i know i can do 24 hours because i've done it before and so maybe that's your rationing plan is you you fast for 24 hours, you have a meal or whatever. You fast for 24 hours. You, I don't know what it's going to be, yeah. but but you know your body can do it because you've done it before. So try it. Yeah. Why not try it? And like, <laughs> yeah. And like you said, like the, the mental aspect of it. It's like yeah. you know you can push through it. Exactly. You've, you've done it before, so yeah. it is helpful. And actually a lot of people say that in a fasted state – um, you know, not like forever, but you know, a 24 hour fasted state or even a 12 or 16 hour fasted state, your mind actually is, works better. I bet it. Um, does. so now nah, I bet it, <laughs> I bet it. I'm going to bet on it. <laughs> I'm for on that. There's <laughs> money right down there. So, um, so just think about, you know, preparing yourself in that way of actually going through it and seeing what it's like. Right. Yeah. So, um, those are some things to think about. Here's a couple other things I want you to consider, um, in, in this, this rationing thing. Pet food. Yeah. So that's easy to overlook. It really is easy to overlook. And pets are one of those things that for some people, this is just like having kids, right? I mean, it's just true. Some people, their pets are their kids. So you have to think about that. Um, There's this thing I was reading. Rationing of bird food and meat for pets isn't something that you might consider, but take a lesson from history. An underreported fact of the war was rationing of meat as it affected pet owners. Humans and pets were competing for resources. In Britain, there was a massive pet cull during World War II. The government asked that the people and the people complied. Dogs were murdered so that the pets didn't have to take the meat rations. The BBC estimates that 750,000 British pets were killed. Pamphlets read, if at all possible, send or take your household animals into the country in advance of an emergency. Setting animals free in the country was to some more humane than murdering them. So, um, if you want your animals fed, you're going to have to ration their food as well. Um, and, you know, with some animals, you actually can let them go and let them scavenge. Like cats and dogs, a lot of times, they'll go out cows. and find their own. Cows. Yeah. Let them go. They'll go out and find their own. Goats will eat anything. Yeah, goats. <laughs> um, chickens. I mean, really, a lot of times you might just have to say, go figure it out. I can't kill you, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, go figure it out. So, that's just something to think about. Um, in and then you got situation. the white fang scenario. Get out of here. I hate you. I hate you. Get on out of here. Yeah, that's depressing. Um, and then the last thing I, I'd say is rationing while you bugging You may do out. this to your kids, too. <laughs> go, I can't feed you. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. We don't want you anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
rationing while bugging out. Um, and this, obviously, most of the time you're going to be rationing if you're bugging out anyways. But, you know, hopefully if you're bugging out, it's just that 72 hours you've designated that food in your bug out bag or whatever your plan is. You know, you have that 72 hours worth of food. But sometimes things don't go as planned. Sometimes. Thumb, did I say that? That was awesome. <laughs> sometimes things don't go as planned and you need to rethink that. So rationing it's kind of the same concept in this situation, but it actually might be a little bit harder because in a bug out situation, you're constantly moving, right? You're going to be burning more calories each day. Packing, um, packing a bag freaking around. bag. So you really need to, need to make sure that you have some other options in place with your bug out if it doesn't go as expected. Um, you can ration what you have, but how much do you have in your bug out bag? There's not that much usually, right? So you're going to have to scavenge or hunt and fish and figure out what you're going to. So just another thing to think about is that bug out situation and rationing. Yeah. Right. I think the pet thing was good because like never thought once about that. I know. I'm like, I got a couple of bags, but I don't really think about what am I going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? If yeah. we're competing for exactly. food. Yeah. Anything else on rationing, Cam? I don't have anything else on rationing. Good. Today's podcast is brought to you by Tack Pack. The only monthly tactical subscription box with useful, professional-grade stuff inside. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. Get a free separate bag sent of EDC gear along with your first month's TAC Pack. A free bag. Really? That's rad. All right? That is. Head to TACPack.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. If you have an AR, if you like uh, EDC gear, this is the oh. this is the thing for you. You are not a prepared. Yeah, exactly. Um, do we have any reviews today? We did get some um, new radios from Redivis, cool. right? Um, we're going to do a video on it soon, hopefully. But these are some pretty cool little radios. But yeah, for the ways. price, like, oh, yeah. aren't they super affordable? They're pretty affordable. I'm going to have to figure out the exact price. And but... they're, yeah, they're clean. They, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So we're going to do a video on those soon. Let me guess. 25 mile range. Yeah, probably. Without mountains. Something like that. No trees. It's time for the quick and dirty medical tip. So, uh, since we're talking about rationing and starvation and things like that, I thought I'd mention a little bit about, um, uh, like issues with being malnourished yeah. and then all of a sudden having food. Oh yeah. So it's like, if you, you know, say you're in a scenario where you're just long-term low intake of food and mm -hmm. you're rationing just the bare minimum over time, your body changes, um, when you're when you're almost in that starvation or in that starvation mode, like mm -hmm. your body just turns to anything it can to produce energy for your brain, you know, to mm -hmm. produce, you know, glucose and things like that. So you're going to burn through that first and then you're going to burn through fat and then it's going to start breaking down protein from your muscle. So that's why you just shrivel up into nothing. Yeah. But your body changes how it handles everything. There's low amounts of insulin and your electrolytes all go kind of wacky. So. And you've probably seen it, you know, if you've watched some of those shows, like even with the concentration camps in World War II, when they like freedom, they couldn't free them because they're like, yeah. they will, they'll kill themselves by just eating. And then it throws your chemistry off and basically heart, lung, kidney failure. And so it's a big, it's a, it's a big problem. So hopefully you never have to get into the scenario where you're having to like worry about what's called refeeding syndrome. So basically... That's what I was explaining. Person hasn't eaten enough. Their body goes through all these changes to, to stay alive. And then all of a sudden it's introduced back the carbohydrates and things like that. And their body just doesn't handle it. Like uh, it just goes haywire. Yeah. And it's mostly due to the issues with um, uh, sugars mainly. Mm -hmm. So it can, so refeeding syndrome can occur within a few days of rapid feeding that follows prolonged starvation lasting more than five days. That's wow. it. So go without food, you know, and that, that's an easy scenario in, in an SHTF. Five days isn't very long. No. Um, it's only like, it's a little less than six. Yeah. But more than just four. barely more than four, really. So, <laughs> so <laughs> symptoms can include weakness, muscle cramps, tingling, seizures, and possibly death. Hmm. You know, all those things that your wife complains Feels of. Feels like an everyday When you're like trying to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tingling. <laughs> I had a seizure last I night. Die. I don't think we can hang out. I might die. I'm not in the mood. I had a seizure. <laughs> um, no biggie. Refeeding syndrome occurs due to glucose that quickly enters the cells and drags phosphate, potassium, magnesium, vitamin B with it, resulting in hypophosphatemia mm. and less commonly hypokalemia and hypomagnesemia. Good lord. And vitamin B deficiency. So, like, your chemistry just goes all yeah. over the place and... These electrolyte abnormalities typically result in like um, 
arrhythmias and, mm. you know, pass out, die, done. Fun. So hey, <laughs> this isn't specifically to treat people who've been starving, but more or less to prevent the refeeding syndrome, but it mm-hmm. can help those people. And it's probably a good plan to follow if you bring somebody into your group that hasn't been eating, Yeah, you know? So it's hard because these things should be monitored and done in a hospital setting. Again, not medical advice here, but this did come from, you know, reliable medical resources and journals. So, mm-hmm. but to prevent the refeeding syndrome, um, and basically to treat somebody that's been kind of in a little bit of starvation, slow feeding within, with the first week, like after five to 10 days of fasting, 20, uh, kilocalories per kilogram body weight per day. After about 10 days, you're going to be like 10, uh, calories, like kilocalories. So if you want to calculate that out, go ahead. Okay. You need to take multivitamins. So you can't, like, if you're giving them, there's no problem in giving them like a supplement vitamin. Yeah. You know, if you have it, instead of like trying to get it all through food, you should be giving them a multivitamin. Um, Eating usual foods can kind of start to take place, but you got to do it in really small amounts Mm -hmm. and you kind of spread it out and, you know, know what foods have higher amounts of potassium, like bananas, potatoes, avocados, and then the phosphates, meat, canned fish uh, with bones, Mm -hmm. cheese, eggs. But just really like the the key here is just basically you've got to just give them teeny amounts more often. What they do for little kids that are like really starved or malnourished is they have them sip like this, like basically milk Mm. every so often. Yeah. Don't feed them a whole bunch. And then you, there was, there, I thought it was interesting. They had a study where they were trying to get, they basically had these hospitals full after like these big storms of these kids that were malnourished and they were doing that milk thing, but it has to be monitored and it got kind of complicated. They found out like almost like a peanut butter that's why peanut butter is so like, it's so rich in like proteins and fats and things like that. Mm-hmm. So like you could give them very small amounts of that with food, you know, like a spoonful. Mm. And it's just really easy to kind of help replenish things slowly. Like I said, again, if you have a hospital, they got to go to the hospital. But if you're having in no, like there's no other person to take care of these people and you bring them in like very small amounts of kind of fatty foods and then, um, make sure they're getting kind of the variety of vitamins, a multivitamin, if you can give it to them. And then sipping water throughout to just kind of replenish their uh, dehydration. So yeah. I don't know. that. I mean, these these are like really fine details that yeah. are tricky to do if you're not. But if you have nothing else to do, the only thing to remember here is just like, <clears throat> don't just have to give them tiny amounts yeah. just all the way throughout the day for at least a week. And then you can start introducing into kind of more meals, but yeah, just don't give don't them a quickly full... feed them right away. It'll yeah. kill them. Yeah. So. They're good. Interesting deal there. Sure is. I hope you guys never have to get into a rationing situation, but oh, if you do, man. there's some things that may help you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, anything else, Cameron, before we go? No, ration your foods. Ration just kind of food. be careful out there. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, follow us on all the places we are, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, make sure you hit the subscribe button on the yeah. podcast. That's the biggest thing. Just hit subscribe. Yeah, please. Okay? It's Keep no us biggie. going. Keep us going. Uh, thank you so much and stay survived.